on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian and Lockie is away enjoying some time in Europe at the moment. And look, I didn't want to ruin his holiday, bring him in to t- talk about this uh, horrendous <laughs> loss to Richmond. So I also couldn't do this by myself. So I've had to bring in one of the uh, the best footy minds out there to help me review this game. You'll know him as the voice of the VFL. He's also none other than the jumper punch and blue abroad zone, Paul Sebastiani. Yeah. Welcome, mate. How are you going? Very thank you very much for that uh, that kind introduction, mate. I, I feel flattered. I'm happy to happy to be in in the in the navy blue corner, mate. It's uh, <laughs> my my debut. Hopefully, I can have uh, hopefully I can have three votes on this one, eh? Oh, hopefully. And look, well, I'm punishing you, bringing you into this. So I had to pump you up to start this right. thing. Um, <laughs> but I guess, look, Carlton, we've gone down by 15 points to Richmond. Yeah. We'll get into the specifics throughout the episode, but I guess from a real broad sense, where was that game lost for you? First 40 minutes. <laughs> Simple <laughs> as that, mate. You concede the first six goals of the game and you're oh. playing catch-up in wet footy. And, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, they were playing they were playing a dry weather brand in yeah. the first, you know, quarter and a half. And, and, and that was that, unfortunately. We got flogged around stoppage, flogged mm. around clearances. And, you know, weighted numbers can only – your defence can only hold up so much, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, look, a, a disappointing night. You know, it just it really seemed like a missed opportunity, to be honest, because I think the um, the players that we threw out on the field, mm. regardless of injuries, I think were, were good enough to get the job done. But um, I just thought we were we were outdone. We're outsmarted by a, a smarter football team who played the conditions much better. Yeah, look, I completely yeah. agree with you. And, I mean, big question is just why do you think it took us so long to adjust to the mm. wet. It was clear. It was raining all day. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. We knew the forecast. Did no one look yeah. at the weather wrap before the game? And then clearly the one yeah. thing you want to do in the wet is just get the ball on your foot and get that territory. And we right. were just fumbling around with handballs. What do you think was the the reason we just couldn't do it? Is it well, a coaching thing, players, or a bit of both? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. And you've also got to – you can't underestimate the opposition and putting mm. putting you under pressure as well. Like their their tackle pressure in midfield was insane, Richmond. You mm. saw Pre- Prestia and um, Jack Graham in particular. He, just, he always seems to have yeah. blinders against us, Jack Graham. He had, he had 10 tackles, which was double our next best of five. Jeez. I think Boyd and Cripps had five each. And Prestia and Graham both had 14 combined, which I think was, I think it was about five or six tackles more than our whole midfield combined. I mean, Matt Kennedy had no tackles. Yeah, you know, in that weather, yeah. like it's just it's not it's not good enough. And considering it was Cripper's 150th as well, like I mean, you'd have thought that they'd they'd bring the heat, which mm. they they really didn't. In and Richmond clearly went to work on our stoppage game from round one. Um, and mate, they they better set our own game. Really, yeah. when when you look back at it, they they Dion Prestia thirteen clearances, mate. He, for lack of a better phrase, mate, he murdered us at, at, at stoppage and clearance. So, and our midfield is like just, you know, Cripper had twenty five handballs, or I think it was 20, 25 yeah. handballs. 
I mean, it's, it's bewildering. It's bewildering. Yeah. I think, you know, you know what I think it is too? You were saying that why did they take so long to, to transition into that where, where the football – I think when you're so – when it's been ingrained in you for the last six to eight mm. months that we're going to play this way, when you get out there and the opposition puts you under pressure, you revert to back what you've been taught, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it does. It's hard to train it out. Uh, look, at least we're going back to what we're learning this year, and it's not as if going back and reverting to type is the footy ball playing yeah. last year. So at least yeah. there's some positive step. But I agree with you. I mean, just the, the overuse of the football. And, yeah, right. like I had my note written down straight here being like, you know, Richmond, they play that pressure football. They kill you on the turnover. Play straight into their hands when you're fumbling around with That's it. it. And at quarter time, the kick-to-handball ratio, we were going at 1.3. Richmond were going at 2.3. And then, you know, we end up by the end of the game staying at 1.3. They'd bring it back to, I think, 1.8, but ended up clearing up a little bit throughout the game. It was probably the the wettest it was in that first quarter. And it's just going to absolutely kill you. And you you mentioned, I guess, that that sort of midfield as well. Just it had been a bit of an issue over the past two Mm. games. And Mm. you're hoping it's not a Mm. trend. You're hoping maybe, okay, we didn't have Kennedy one week. Chera goes down. Is that an issue? You finally got probably a week to properly planned for it and it do- and it doesn't uh, go our way what are you seeing anything that is becoming an issue in that midfield or is it just teams um, getting more more time seeing what we're doing in there yeah look I think I think the, the worrying thing for me is I, I don't think the conning has been a major problem in that because him and Nankovic were actually quite even mm. in that battle it was a very similar amount of hitouts I'm not exactly sure of the specifics with regards to hitouts to advantage. I would assume Nank mm. potentially got the better of him there. I don't know. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. But for me, I just think they've just got to be h- harder for longer. Like I just I don't feel that they that they didn't want it. They always they do want it, but I, I don't think they were smart enough on 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 Thursday night. Um and then it gets Essen and they just got mauled. They just yeah. they, they just got mauled on the spread um outside of stoppage. But it was funny our the, the, it, that Essendon game was the inverse of what I thought would happen is that Essendon hurt us on the inside, but we slaughtered them on mm. transition and got them on the outside, which was, you know, that, that wasn't going to happen against Richmond. They're a much, much better team and they're in much better form as well. But I think you mentioned that, you know, we've had Cripps and, and Kennedy and Chera and all those blokes, but we've had them go down before and we yeah. didn't have too much of an issue with regards to stoppage work and all that, whether it's teams – figuring out what we've been doing over the last sort of maybe half a season, which is eventually going to happen. But that's just got to be down to the midfield coaches and our coaches just being smarter and setting up around stoppage. So mm. I think Hewitt's been a bit down. Um, Kennedy was down. You know, Cripps was just, I mean, as I said, 25 handballs. Like, you just yeah, got to be smarter than that. It wasn't smart. And so many times no. as well. I mean, look, Richmond was so lucky with their kick off the ground. I don't know how many times they just hacked oh, it and it mate. went 30 oh. metres straight to someone in space. Like, they were just completely lucky with that. But it seemed like that was something we never really even tried when the when the ball was on the ground. So we weren't no. ready for clearly the conditions for whatever reason. And then as soon as we're under pressure, kept going for the sloppy handballs. And it's just yeah. not, not going to work. You have to be so clean and just wasn't like that. And then the clearances, as you said, it's been our right. bread and butter. It's been our, our key Absolutely. way. We've been doing everything. Lost center clearances 9 to 13, which we end up kind of doing pretty well in that last quarter to sort of we get did. those back. Yeah. But then yeah. lost the stoppage clearances 18 to 28. Like we just got mauled that's, everywhere. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's as sla- you said, the slaughter job. It's really a slaughter hmm. job. 
Um, I, don't, I don't think we won one stoppage at either flank, like halfback flank. Or, like, it, was, it was an onslaught. Mm. Like, just, <laughs> and I, look, for me, like I, I look at that and, and I know sort of inside the club internally and they're all about it. And, and this is what I'm all about as well. I mean, like you, we were speaking and, and it's been a hot topic that, you know, our defence is depleted, our back mm. six and our back seven are depleted. But they've been, they've been the ones who have been standing up. It's all about you've got to control the source, which is the contest. If you control mm. that facet of the game, it fuels everything else. And Vossi spoke, spoke about how we fueled their game, and and we did because they were able to hack clearances out, gain territory, keep the ball alive. The ball is going to stay alive in wet conditions because you're not really going to be able to mark in those conditions, and that's what Richmond want. Mm. And they just swarm you and choke you down. I actually thought, I actually thought we did pretty well to hold up as a defensive unit, like. With, with the onslaught and avalanche that came our way. But I just, mate, weighted numbers is just going to eventually yeah. win out. And I think they they set a club record for inside 50s, Richmond. It's ridiculous. 76 inside ridiculous. 50s. And that's just insane because we conceded 40 to them in, the, in round one. And I tried to yeah. look back and see how close that was to anything we've conceded this year. And the most before that was our Gold Coast game where we conceded 64. So they got another 12 on top of that. That is just ludicrous. And we knew going in, we don't have the backline cattle that we'd like down there. Yeah. So we need to win it at the source. We didn't do that, but I agree with you. I think the backline, that's it. Durden comes in and he maybe didn't look up to pace every single time, but I can't expect mm. him to. He hasn't really of maybe course. spent enough time with our system and enough time training at an AFL level for a while and thought he did okay. I hope that the whole backline did well to, to quell right. what was going on. We have the... The 51 inside 50, so it got killed compared to 76. And to only lose by 15 points with the ball coming in that hot, backline have to put their hands up and, and say that that's a, a good yeah. job by them because that was probably why I think going into that game and afterwards, I was so angry with it. It's probably the most frustrated I've been watching a game of footy was I thought, okay, if we lose this game because our backline can't hold up, I can cop it. I get it. We've yeah. got a lot of injuries. But when it was the midfield that were really that key reason to why we lost the game, it just hurts you even more. Yeah, as I said, don't don't lose where you know you shouldn't. Which is that mm. that was the most, and I think that was the most frustrating part of the night for me. And like just those short little dinky kicks. That the only oh. bloke who was really trying to go direct was Walshy out mm. of the midfield. You know, he sort of straight line run out of stoppage and try to gain territory. And you know, I thought I thought our wingers were phenomenal as well on the night. Like Nunes, Cottrell, and O'Brien all held their width and. You know, McIntosh and Pickett didn't really do much along those wings. Yeah. I thought oh, this this has been a real drop off in the last two to three. Mate, our half forwards and small forwards, my God. Oh Mate, my God. They've been deployed. You don't have you don't have the run sheet in front of you, but you have basically just keep ticking off everything beautifully oh, segueing mate. in. Because my next thing was mate. literally what is going on with these half forwards? Because they have been when we didn't have, you know, Harry for that time and they needed to stand up, unbelievable. Yeah. The pressure they were bringing, ball hits the ground. And it's another easy thing in the wet. It's bring the ball in. We're probably mm -hmm. not going to get too many contested marks. Smalls have to go to work. And like, yeah, okay, the midfield definitely didn't help with the sort of the, the pressure in their entries. I don't think we went long and deep enough enough because we were just overusing it in yeah. that sort of final third. But then when it was in there, there was no pressure. Only had four tackles inside 50 with no individual player having more than one. The only sort of two small forwards always had one tackle. Martin had one. Durden had none. Richmond had nine inside 50 tackles to have a bit of comparison there. So what's going on with the smalls? 
we we that's a big that is a big factor for us as well and it was an area that Pommy and I did a thing post-season last year that tackles inside 50 was an area we really needed to go to work on because it was, I mean, that that fuels your game as well and it fuels your ability to be able to lock the ball inside your Mm. forward half and then just keep piling the pressure on opposition. And I just like, it's funny, Durden's drop-off has been in line with the club's sort of trough at the moment because we are going through a trough when you think about it, you know, like the Collingwood loss, I didn't think we played particularly well against Essendon, albeit it was a win. Mm. And now this Richmond loss as well. But I will say we are, and it's a phrase I like to use a lot, we are mitigating the damage as best as we can, mm. which is good because, you know, even when you're in these little form dips, they, they were still able to pinch that win against Essendon last week when they didn't play as well. And, you know, I think in general play we were belted against Richmond, mm. really. But we get, I just, there's something about this group that just kept themselves in every single game that they're in, probably bar, bar the Frio and Gold Coast game. But even yeah. then, it was nothing. It was nothing absolutely mm. disgraceful. Mm. Uh, but it's just, it's not been the whole, it's funny, it's not been the whole team that's broken down in one round. It's it's a facet. So one week yeah. it might be the forward line that just completely breaks down like it did against Fremantle. The next week it might be the back line who were not bold or brave enough with their ball use, which is what happened against Brio. And they were able to come forward and lock it in there oh, for yeah. half. And Richmond were just, you know, they were just phenomenal around the contest. And they, they, mm. they took away our own game from us. And that's that's how one would. I think we've got to, I think getting back to a dry deck this week will help our smalls. Um yeah. but mate, they've got they've got a lift. And Jack Martin, my golly. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, I don't want to single him out, but yeah, his intensity, which his intensity yeah. is usually not something I question. But mate, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere mm. but but the MCG that night, unfortunately. Yeah, it, he's such an interesting guy because when he's at his best, he's unbelievable. And I yeah. I get it. And Voss even comes out and talks about how, how hard that sort of half-forward position can be because you float in and out of games. But I mentioned on the podcast last week, all I want from Jack Martin is when the ball's there, the intensity to hit it. Because yeah. he's, his first season that he came in in the second season, his tackle pressure in the sort of 2020 season, unbelievable. The ball was there. You saw Jack Martin on the edge of the pack. Immediately you're going... He wants it and he's going to win it. And I yep. thought kind of last week there were glimpses of him getting that back into his game. And I, I even singled him out on the pod saying, I showed a bit more intensity. He's got a lot to build, mm. but I'm happy that that's at least back. But then, I mean, what he, the effort that was thrown in this week, you now he's got the injury again. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be tough for him if a guy like Honey, which we'll get to and talking about their changes, if he comes in and starts to put his best foot forward. Yeah, I think for Jack Martin, I, I don't think there is any more of a – I don't think there's – I think he's hit his ceiling, really. I don't think we're going to get much more out mm. of him with regards to output and goals and disposals and, and what he provides that forward line to. So he's just – he's not he's not consistent enough, unfortunately. Mm. He's, not, he's not reliable enough, which is unfortunate because I, I actually think he's a super talented player, but that only gets you – that yeah. only gets you so far. So and, and he's been part of that half-forward breakdown that have been – you know, really poor in the last last fortnight. Even against Essendon, you know, no, I know we, mm. I know we won, I know we won, but I thought we were particularly poor, poor across the half forward flank. And you know, as I said, that area of the game, the contest is one thing, but you know, if you're not tackling and locking the ball inside your front half, because I actually think our best performances have been when our smalls are mm. on fire. You look at the Sydney game; they were they went bonkers, oh, 100%. You know? and and we won. You know, that was probably our best performance this year. Um, you know, and then you look back to the GWS game when when it was only Charlie, 
um, you know, and, that, and they all bobbed up there as well. Mm. But, you know, the, the last coach, it's funny how, like, as soon, Harry's come back into the team and the smalls and half boards have dropped off. Is it, mm. I don't know if it's in their head, are they, are they lairizing and just looking at Harry and waiting for him to come and they're like, oh, he's going to mark it? Or because it seems like the front and centre just doesn't exist anymore. Oh, in yeah, the, their positioning has been atrocious for the past mm. at least three weeks. It has not been good. Anytime the ball goes in, you're just going, where's the smalls? I know, like, Collingwood's. Yeah. They've got really good mid-sized small defenders that mop it up and transition well. They absolutely killed us. And then this week, we know how good Richmond are with their mm. transitions. And even, you know, just the goals from the smalls this week, one to Durden, one to Martin. I mean, that was it. And they really didn't threaten at many stages throughout. So not even was the defense there, but us going forward didn't seem to be there. And I guess what are your thoughts on... They had the one spare back there for most of the night, whether it yes. was Vloston or Broad for most of the time. Yep. It kill us quite a lot. Would you have wanted to change that and try to even out the contest? Or what are your sort of thoughts on on how that played out? Well, I reckon, I mean, look, I know there's a spare up the line. And, and I, I did, that was probably one of the biggest things that I was looking at in the game because we're up on our away games, we're up on level four. So you, you can just, you can picture mm. it perfectly and you could see that, Pretty much, well, pretty much for the entire night, they had they had a spare down back, which is understandable. But I still think, and I saw there were a couple of times when we were surging off half back where we just, I think we sort of looked at the spare and we're like, eh. Eh. but that is like you got to think about it too, right? If it's wet and it's windy and it's raining and conditions are slippery, mm. how many, how, how often yeah. is that spare going to come in and take the mark? It's it's mm. it's almost. Is it a 50-50 split? Maybe it's a bit less. I mean, the percentages of you marking an aerial ball in that type of weather is just, you know, in all, probabil- in all probability, you play the percentages, the bloke's probably going to drop mm. it or fumble it, and it allows you that half second for your forward to come in and bring it back to ground. So exactly. I, 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 that you said it, and, and everyone was saying, it's a kick forward at, at all cost mentality, regardless of if he's going to chop it off. So mm. I, I thought we played that pretty poorly. I, I thought we respected their spare defender way, way too much, way too much. And, mm. you know, there has to be a tipping point where you're like, well, all right, well, we've got to go. Yeah. You know, we've got to try and gain territory. We, we've got to trust our guys up the field to, even if it might be a two-on-three against us, we've got to trust that Charlie and Harry or TDK can get there and, and bring it to ground mm. and affect the contest because you know how good they are aerially. Yeah, and I get why we didn't maybe want to, chuck one down back it so chuck one in our forward line and even it out because yeah. we know how undermanned our defense is so we're going yeah. okay well that kind of maybe works out well for us we can chuck a spare down back and hope that mitigates yeah. it but I, yeah something definitely needs to change there because it's almost been a theme of carlton over the past many years now that whenever someone chucks a spare man down yeah. back into our forward line we'd never seem to be able to play it well enough and yeah. It, it is pretty frustrating. Um, did you have any other, I guess, key takeaways about maybe what went wrong before we try to touch yeah. on at least a couple of, of positives? Yeah. just Look, I, I actually think our pressure, as in like that manic nature and that rabid nature you see from us that you probably saw from us against Sydney, mm. that, that seems to have completely waned away. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... A, a little tweak in tactics because our defense is a little bit depleted or I'm not a hundred percent sure yeah. as to what it is, but I, I, I would vouch to say just from the eye test, I, I haven't seen that hunting real dogged uh, mm. performance that we saw. Cause that Sydney performance, I think from a pressure, from, from a pressure perspective, 
in the first half. I think that was the benchmark for us, really. Yeah. Um, and and we've we've failed to live up to it since. You know, since that game, we've completely we've completely dropped off, mm. um, which is really frustrating. Um, but look, I mean, it's it's fixable, which is good. It's not yeah. it's not as though it's a completely it's a complete and utter disaster mm. where the tactics don't work and the game plan doesn't work and and whatnot. So. It, it's fixable. Yeah, it's fixable. yeah. Um, I guess with the the lack of pressure and the maybe the midfield dropping off as well, do you think there's a, a maybe an issue as well with we don't tend to put a lot of players through the middle compared to other mm-hmm. teams that they they'll, mm-hmm. they'll throw a bunch of people in for two or mm-hmm. three center bounces and change things up. Yep. We tend to go with the same crop every single week, and yeah. you sort of lost a midfielder with Chera didn't necessarily replace it. It was pretty much Walsh has a few more. We throw Fisher in for a little bit. Yep. Do you think that maybe they're maybe tiring's not the best word because they should be fit enough to keep going, but throughout games it just becomes that little bit harder not being able to stay fresh? Yeah, yeah potentially, potentially. But I think you've also got to back in what you know has worked in the in the past as well. But then there also comes a point in time where well if it's not working, do you mm. shirk and do you say, okay, well maybe we've got to bring in Maybe an extra midfield rotation, but we take away from this part of the ground. Or I think mm. I think the obvious thing to do would be to take out a winger and yep. bring in a midfielder. But then you potentially lose the width out wide because I actually think our wingers have been a big part of the way we've been, you know, mm. winning games. I think when our wingers get on top is when we're you know when we're riding games. But I think for me, see, and and I've been his, I've not not a knocker, but I've been more in the case of there's a reason Paddy Dow's not in the team. And potentially mm. his burst and surge in those conditions on that night could have been, you know, could have been well yeah. used. But do you really back him in the cut and thrust against a team like Richmond with their midfielders mm. under the pump? Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. But I know for a fact that, you know, you look at our rotations around the ground at stoppages and he sort of uses, it's a sort of like an eight to seven man rotation where, you know, half forwards will go through the stoppage mm. midfielders, but the centre bounce is always the same stoppage. So do they change up something in there? No, I don't think they do. I think the mids as a collective have just got to be smarter and harder. Mm. Simple. Yeah. They're good enough to do it. We've seen it. They're good enough to all do it. Yeah, I probably agree with you on the Dow stuff too. Yeah. Like I've said on, on the pod last few weeks, I know a lot of people have been calling – Bring him in. He's been playing decently in the twos, but then I sort of watch him in. Oh, that's the thing. I sort of I'll go. Okay, I'll watch a couple of games in the twos, and he's he's racking up the possessions. And then second half, he doesn't seem to touch the ball. And even when he gets it, I don't think they're that impactful. If that's maybe the the right way to describe it. And I guess yeah, there's a lot of people have been talking and, and saying with a Dow, you can only really play at the stoppage. Can only really play there. You can't really go anywhere else and in our midfield we've got guys that can float forward we've got guys that can go out on the outside it makes it hard because then who center bouncer are you taking away and like you mentioned you've got to get the best guys in there and pretty much everyone else that we currently have is above paddy dow and the the way this club's been going at the moment i back in the decision makers to to know why players aren't playing for once and yeah yeah they've they've got it right nine out of what and what are we nine and four? What's that? Nine out of thirteen times? Is that right? Mm. So yeah. you know, and they pro- look. They probably yeah. They, they've probably got it right in a couple of the losses too. But mm. um, you know, I think like you look at Dow's numbers. His kicking efficiency is the lowest of all those players that he's going up against um, in the midfield. 
I think it's last time Pommy and I checked, it was around about 46 to 47% kicking efficiency, which is the lowest of uh, him, Chera, Cripps, Walsh, mm. Kennedy, and Hewitt. So of that six-man rotation, yeah. Dow's kicking efficiency is the lowest. And I would vouch to say that out of all those players, he's the one least likely to want to take contact in a tackle and then dish out a handball. He's trying to get out the front mm. of the stoppage, which is not Voss's way. And you see that we try to fish the handball out and then find the runner. Um, you know, so I think the way you take opposition midfielders out of the stoppage is to have possession of the ball, let them hit you. As they're moving towards you, you create space out the back and they're mm. able to lift their arms and get the hem. And you see Kennedy and Cripps do that a lot and Hewitt too. Yeah. Like you see Hewitt, he's able to take the hit and then dish off and Chera can do it as well. So I don't think that's a strength of doubt. I think they're trying to teach that into him at reserves and you can see it. They're trying to turn him into more of an inside midfielder, but he's just not hes just not up to it at the moment. And, and mm. I understand that. And I, <laughs> out of all coaches to trust with picking midfielders, it's probably going to be Michael Voss, to be honest. So I won't doubt his judgment yet. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, look, it, obviously it wasn't a great performance, but there were a couple of little individual highlights at least. What did you make of uh, Jordan Boyd's breakout oh, game, mate? Phenomenal, bloody phenomenal. I mean, all you can do, like, and, and like one of my closest mates, he's a, a gun country footballer up in Albury, and. Um, does he doesn't play anymore? But um, he's saying, mate, all you can do is just win your uh, beat the bloke next beat the mm. bloke next to you, and it, mate, he did that. He did that nearly all night. And how clean yeah. is he? Like just oh. like he just he re- he reminds me of, and and this was the and Pommy and I were also saying as well, and Mars and Rocco and I on the jumper punch, we were sort of going, well, I mean, everyone loves Stocker, and and I understand that, but Boyd is, mate, Boyd's yeah. ahead of him. You you look at the numbers in that that sort of back pocket spot. And they're sort of looking for spoils and, and not so much intercepts, but, you know, scoring rebounds and, and trying to create scoring chains from from the back half and even locking down your opponent and then hurting your opponent the other way. Mm. And he's doing that in spades at the moment. He's a, he's a tough little bugger as well, mate. He doesn't, he doesn't like getting beaten. And as I said, mate, yeah. his, his kicking is elite. Well, that, I mean, that was the thing. We, we lose a Zach yeah. Williams, so we're going to need a bit more leg speed in there, someone that can, you know, Kick really, really well. And you know, yeah. he had the 16 disposals, 11 kicks going at 75% in the wet. And every time the ball came to him, it was just so incredibly strong, so incredibly clean. In, in a day and a night where 90% of Carlton players could not play in the conditions, he was unbelievable. 11 intercept possessions, four score involvements, five tackles, massive meters gained player as well with 389. Yeah. Like Nothing you, you could have asked for more from this kid. And, it's good that he's been able to now get a bit of a run of games because that's always the hardest thing when you're coming straight into the team. You, you play one, you're out, come back in. It, it's so hard for him. But, yeah, we've absolutely found a player here. Wouldn't surprise me. I know you said you love how the wings are playing and obviously he's doing well down yeah. back. Wouldn't surprise me if in the coming years we end up pushing him higher up the ground because I think he can really be a nice player for us. He, he could. If he if he's able to build up his tank, then mm. then absolutely. If he's able to, as you said, like metres gained is a huge thing with, with wingers. That's one of the factors they look at. Inside 50s as well, um, you know, creating scoring chains, which is which is what Nunes has been. Mm, uh, maybe you saw that stat a couple of weeks ago that I think he's the second – He's the second highest player for scoring chain involvements in the AFL behind Shea Bolton, which is that's a big that's feather massive. in his cap. And yeah, and that, yeah. There's, that, there's a reason he's getting picked every week. 
Um, and then the other one is, is distance travel kilometers on your GPS. So if you can work his way up there, then mm. by all means, you can work his way up the ground. And, you know, as I said, <laughs> all you can do is beat the bloke next to you, <laughs> you know, just back to basics. And, you know, I, th- I thought he was fantastic. I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was as stiff as anything to get dropped after the Adelaide game. Oh, um, yeah. But he's worked his Play way back in back beautifully. In. Worked his way yeah. back in beautifully. Definitely. Um, what other players did you absolutely love to see or any other little things that you saw oh. in the game that you can take away some key positives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's probably three or four, maybe five. Lewis Young, my God. Jeez, mm. He's an unsung hero at the moment. He's, oh. he's had a heap of pressure lumped on him the last couple of weeks and he stepped up like you, you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, was probably stiff to cop a couple of goals against Lynch. I mean, he had one out the back, which is just, I mean, what do you do there? Yeah. And then the other one where he gave away that, that free kick was it in the first quarter? That was what's he supposed to do? And he's gone up to <sighs> was it Nathan Williamson? Oh, like, definitely mate, was. It was like, mate, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Like this, I didn't touch him. What you're saying, I did, I didn't do, but anyway, um, thought he was phenomenal in the night. He spoiled mm. counties through the roof, his intercept possessions are through the roof as well. And you know, he, he's been he's been a stalwart of the back line, mm. you know, in the last sort of month, month and a half. Well, pretty much a whole year. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You think, all you can be is reliable. You know, reliability can be your best friend. And you look at all the blokes who are going down now, like McGovern's never been fit. Williams yeah. has never been fit. McDonald with the back, we don't know what's happening happening there. And Marchbank, we know, is never fit either. So mm. it's brutally unlucky. But thank God we picked him up because he's been phenomenal. Oh. Um, Big thanks and, from the doggies for that one. I know, I know, I know. Nick Austin, mate, he's, he's done a good job with that regard. <laughs> uh, the other fellow I thought, and th- this was a game that proved to me that Harry's lengths ahead of Charlie. Like he just, yeah, he kept us in the game, mate. I mean, like, and th- this is the thing, like the comparison between Harry and Charlie. And like, I think Charlie sucked it up a bit that night. And I don't, I don't like mm. when he sucks back when he when he we yeah. found out and kept too close to goal. I don't, I, I prefer him. When it's not going, is it just get on your bike, mate? Go and find mm. the ball. Like I think that's got to be a directive from the forwards as well, because I think that's when he's playing his best footy. But um, for Harry, just to, he just keeps presenting and presenting and presenting, and yeah. eventually the breaks are going to fall your way if you keep playing the way it does. And his look, touch wood, his return oh. seamlessly from that meniscus, yeah. mate. He looks, he looks bloody fantastic. So he was great. And Adam Sard, mm. mate, what do you say, mate? Oh my <laughs> goodness, just unbelievable. Just, Him and one of the best players mate. I've ever seen. Rockety was just, I think, mm. you mean, you use the word brave, but I don't think it's used enough in his regard. Some of the stuff Rockety did going back with the flight on uh, on Thursday night was just, mm. just, just unbelievable. Um, and Sadi, again, was was phenomenal as well. I, don't, I still don't think we use him enough. I, th- I still don't think yeah. we look for him enough. We need to look for him a lot more because when he, when he gets the ball, things happen. You, mm. you, you're naturally inclined to move about when when he gets the ball, and he's just the spark off halfback that that we need. And you know he's he's probably he's probably in career best form to be honest. I think he's he keeps going the way he is. I reckon he could be a lock for that halfback flank role in, in the All Australian team. Not that I care about that, but that's the top of form he's in. <laughs> oh well, him and Doc pretty much on form oh. should be the right. the locked in All Australian halfbacks that one of them probably will miss out because the AFL go, we can't have too many of one team down there, which I think is ridiculous. But yeah, I think I say every single week, Saad, I don't understand every single time he gets the ball, how he can find a player where he does going as fast as he can. He picks out the play. You would have never thought he would have kicked it to around the body and hits him lace out. It's just ridiculous. And he was playing in his own climate on Thursday night. I spoke about Jordan Boyd 
playing so well in the wet. It was dry conditions for Sardi out there, still taking his banters, still running with it. But, yeah, if we can somehow even get, like, he had, what, 25 disposals, 15 kicks at 80%. We can still get more out of him and create more space to let him run through. It's just going to be even better for us. Yeah, he's an incredible player. And, and you know, I think the the one thing for him is that, like, in those one-on-one situations and when there's, like, you know, a clinch of players together, you just somehow he gets mm. a tap forward or he's just able to be clean and siphon his way through the contest. And players like that, like, see, that's what frustrates me the most is that when you've got players like that and then you've got a half-forward line who are trying to connect with him and just aren't in sync at the mm. moment, you got to you got to be able to utilize yeah. the forms of those half backs, especially on transition too. So everyone's got to come to the party to you know that that form down back needs to be replicated. Yeah, up the ground, which which is not at the moment, and, and it's frustrating. Mm. And then that's why Harry's performance was so amazing because this is why we're always going to be in every single game because we have a Harry, we have a Charlie. With if you can just get the ball down there. Nine times out of ten, they're going to find a way to clunk it, win a free kick, and they're going to get mm. their opportunities. And for him to to stand up how he did with, as you mentioned, with Charlie getting sort of battered again, unfortunately, by, by Taran, he's, mm. what, four goals for the game, three in that last quarter, almost drags us over the line. And, yeah, like you just need your, your best players to stand up. And finally, we have Correct. those pieces. It all just needs to connect, like you say, and, and we'll be absolutely unbeatable. Yeah, I think it's – and I think the conditions as well, I think this week will suit us a little bit better. But, mm. again, you've just you've got to feed off those players, mate. Like it's it's one thing for them to be all up and about, but if the players around them aren't – and it's not it's it's not been our bottom five or six the last yeah. couple of weeks. I, I think Cripp has been a little bit down. I don't think he played smartly on mm. on the Thursday night. Kennedy's been a little bit down. Durden's been a little bit down. You know, all those players that we think, oh, geez, you know, they, they're, they're gun footballers. Mm. Hewitt was a little bit down again, only the 24 touches as well and, you know, more handballs than kicks in the weather. And, you know, it's it's the other big – the bigger names yeah. that need to start in the midfield that really need to start coming to the party because they, their drop-off has been in line mm. with, with our form slump. Yeah, no, look, that's a great point because I've been highlighting sort of – that period where we started to win a few games and get that form yeah. against your, your Norths, your Adelaides, and running it through there. I was noting every week the bottom six, the stats, and going into them and saying how the bottom six has absolutely lifted, and that's a, a key driver in why we're being able to win games. And it's insane now that they're the ones that are still continuing that form. And you mentioned you know, Jack Nunes before. I am notorious for you know giving it to Jack Nunes now and then. Right. And I even said okay. after... The Essendon game, I think, uh, straight after watching it, I was like, gee, didn't didn't rate his game. Watched it back with the mindset of yeah. looking at – went through his stats and I was like, I'm missing something. I need to watch this and actually yeah. watch every single thing from Jack Nunes and could not believe how wrong I was with that opinion. Absolutely unreal. The, the scoring change and just yeah. how he's uh, able to shift around at the contest at the stoppage and so many little pivotal handballs that – you, if you're yeah. not looking for it, you won't see it from, from yeah. a player like him. And those outside few, Cottrell's been really good the past few weeks as well. Yes. Those players have definitely been stepping up. And, yeah, we're needing that. Where's the cripper form from the first three games well, of the season? We haven't where had. Are you, where haven't are you, had son? Mate, where are you? Where's your three and 30? Where's your mm. 30 touches and, you know, winning the game for us? You know, he's he's. He's waned away a little bit yeah. the last sort of couple of weeks, and you know it's 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 been a little bit mm. not disappointing. I mean, they're all I mean they're all going to go through dips in form, yeah. which is understandable. But 
you know, you, you talk about starting from the source. I mean, that that's the beginning of it, really. Mm. He's the one who's going to set the barometer and all that. But I think for me, the, the one player that, and I haven't mentioned him yet, but I want to mention him and go back as a positive on the game. I know, I know he does have tendency to have moments where you go, ah. Oh. But, mate, Lockie O'Brien, mate. Yeah. Sang his praises. I sang his praises before the season started. You can go on the Carlton official TikTok website <laughs> and you can see I said he's going to be the most improved player at our football club and he's tracking that way. Uh, and he oh, – look, as a winger, and I don't think this is what people – I mean, this is – like I'm trying to educate people as to what yeah. the role of a winger is and what the roles of players are. I don't try to say, oh, you know, I'm right or he's wrong or I'm – but. The three main factors that you've got to look at from a winger's point of view is, as I said, metres gained. That's one. That's what the coaches all look at. Yeah. They look at uh, inside 50s, um, which is obviously your link from half back to, mm. to the forward line. And then they look at kilometres travelled by foot, yeah. obviously. So he ticks those boxes every single mm. week. And there's a reason he's played 12 games this year. Or, yeah. you know, I think he missed one game this year. Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I think he's been. So, well, him, him and Yunes are on par together. I think yeah. I think he's been a little bit more influential as O'Brien, and and I trust him ball in hand, and that that's the oh. big thing. That's the big thing. Always trust him ball in hand. His kick late, I think it might have been in that last quarter, must be one of the greatest kicks in yeah. our forward fifty that I've ever seen. As soon as it came up his foot, I was like, oh, he, he stuffed this one up, and then somehow just millimeter perfect yeah. over the defender straight to I think it was Harry, and just. Unbelievable! Like he's him. Um, he's he's such a good player, and I feel like he's someone that you really need to go to the game and actually yes. try to watch him and where his positioning is. His ability to continually track back and forward is something that you don't pay too much attention to. And the wings are such a yeah misunderstood facet of the game. How are. teams are trying to play and control the width and go and burst from from the stoppages, and his defensive work has been great in his positioning and sometimes people go oh he maybe shirked that contest a little bit didn't go as hard as maybe he should and it's like who doesn't and that's not necessarily his role in the team we need to stop thinking that every single player has to be this and have to have every little facet he's got some of the best features and attributes that players don't have in our club learning the afl as well exactly right yeah i absolutely love what love's been doing I now this is the thing, and I we recorded the JP for Tuesday for tomorrow night uh, yesterday evening, and I, I had a big I had a big 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 <laughs> rant and rave about this. Don't worry about that. And and you mentioned something there, understanding what the role is, and it's misunderstood mm. as a winger. If 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 we're worried about Lockie O'Brien laying seven tackles a game and getting contested touches, well. <laughs> You don't understand what the yeah. wing role is, clearly. And if he's having to get contested touches, mm. well, something's buggered up. Something yeah. is stuffed up in, in stoppage or something is stuffed up in the structure because he's he should be the bloke on the outside mm. waiting to get the ball. So you, you need your balance of contested balls yeah. and you need your balance of blokes who can hurt you on the outside. Mm. And he's a bloke who can really hurt you on the outside. And, you know, he's, he's come of age. All you yeah. can do as a football, you can just, you've just got to continually improve and, we spoke to Mark McClure a couple of weeks ago, and and he said he goes, our mantra, and this is how why we won flags. We just continually improved, mm. you know, wh- whether it's just working on your fitness, whether it's working on extra kicking in training, whether it's working on your positioning, you know. And we talk about what's called the 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 contest vacuum, and it, it's hard as a winger, yeah, to 
discipline your mind mm. at a state where it's, okay, I know the ball's over there, but I know I have to stay out. But it's like it's the yeah. oriental reflex. It's they so hard. Where your vision and your eyes are just captured by what you're looking at and you're naturally drawn to that. It's the hardest mm. thing to stay out. And that's where Sidebottom hurt us against yes. Collingwood because his positional yeah. discipline was phenomenal. Um, and that's something that Lockie is still working on. He's still very young. You know, that's no excuse, but his, his projection is going upwards. And I know Voss has been a big rap for him this year. So, I mean, mm. what, 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 what more can he do? And he probably had tackle of the year this year for our club yeah. when he belted Ed Richards. So, there you 100%. go. There you go. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's not something you want to always use as an excuse as well. But I guess going back to us talking about maybe those small forwards dropping off a bit as well. Like, you look at how many games they've played and yeah. how young they are yeah. as well. Like, sometimes yeah. that is going to happen. They're going to go through these lulls where they're not these 100-game players in the in the prime of their career. We've still got this youth that mm. is running through. Mm. And mm. it's going to be exciting because we've seen so many positive signs from these players that, I yep. guess, even like you can throw in a, a lucky plowman as someone who always oh, gets... So much abuse, and I've, yeah. I've always said I'm, I'm apparently the number one ticket holder of the Lockie Plowman fan club because I feel like I defend him every single week. But he's another yeah. one that just continues to go in that back line and, and does it well. And these are the players that are going to be the reason that we're progressing up the ladder because we're getting improvement from everyone across the board. And, yeah, as you mentioned, those top ones need to start start getting back to the, their form. I'll tell you what, with Plowman, mate, he's been tougher for longer. That, that's that's mm. what he's been, and he's been very reliable down back as well. And he's a safe kick. You know, ball in hand, you, you, you can yeah. trust him ball in hand. He's not going to – but he can hit that diagonal 45-degree kick yeah. that opens up. The, I've seen him do it. I see him do it on occasion, and it's nice to watch. And, you know, he's starting to build back into that form mm. that we saw back in 2016. And, look, yeah. you mentioned that people have a go at him and people have a go at these certain players. And I understand it too. Like, I'm the same. We're all the same. Yeah. You know, you want more out of 100%. your players too. But conversely – when they're playing well, you've got to praise that too. It's yeah. not about, oh, you're a flip-flop, you know, you said this. And then you, all I can do is base my opinion on mm. what I see and the evidence that, you know, comes forth from from their playing ability and, and the numbers that they pose every week. So, look, yeah. no knock on him over the last <laughs> month and a half. No, you've absolutely nailed it. So, yeah. look, there's one thing I didn't want to touch on it too much, but I know right. that it's something that we got a lot of fan questions for, and so yes. it goes straight into it. Yes. One from Ante Rebic that says, did we get robbed? Oh. Well, with the Nunes goal? Yeah, I believe that's what they're referring to, and probably just the umpiring as a whole. Got a lot of people coming in, yeah, not happy with it, and how it was officiated. What, what are your sort of thoughts? Oh, the, the umpiring on the night was disgraceful. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that, that's not – I'm not saying that that cost us the game. Was it a factor? Minimal, yeah, probably. Maybe it made up 5% of the results, something like that. Um, the Nunes goal, should it have been overturned? Probably not. Was it absolutely conclusive? I didn't think so, looking back at yeah. the replay. Uh, but, you know, my concern was 20 seconds later, we allowed them to kick a goal out the back from a kick-in. <laughs> that mate, that, that is literally, literally what I wrote down here as what I was my answer to that question was literally yeah. – Look, it wasn't good, and I was frustrated with, I guess, a lot of the free kicks and things like that, as you're going to yeah. be. Some weeks you don't get the rub. Some weeks you do. Of course. But of course. you've just almost sort of snatching this game, and you get a free kick against you, but what do you have to do? You have to defend, and how you can concede yeah. straight away from that kick in. That's what I'm more annoyed Terrible. with because that's what you can, can control. You can't control what the umpire is going to do. You can't control what they're doing in the arc and what footage, what special HD footage they've apparently got up there. 
the greatest cameras in, in world history, but you can <laughs> be on the field and you can stop someone from just running through you. And that's not that's just not what we did. No, and no, they no. go so through to and answer that, the it just question, Were we robbed? No. Yeah, basically. No. no. Um, because yeah, I, and you can see the first six goals of the game. The umpiring is not a factor at that stage. You, you've got to be hard enough for, for, for long enough. So uh, before we get yeah. into a few more fan questions, we'll go to the fan yeah. votes. I, I calculated all yeah. these. You guys gave one to Boyd, two to Doc, and three to Sard. Um, who would you give your three to one uh, to Paul? Three, yeah, three to one. I gave three to who did I give my three? I'm just trying to think back to my votes. I think I may have <laughs> given Doherty best on. Yep. Uh, I'm probably going to go the defenders. Yeah, three to Doherty, uh, two to Young, and I'll go one to one to Sardi. Um, I yep, thought though, I, th- I thought the backman, I thought the backman deserved all the votes on the on the weekend. Yeah, I've gone similar. Gave one to Boyd, two to Doc, and, and three to Saad. It was the, the defense that stood up, and they were the ones that everyone was so worried about going into the game, and they were absolutely unreal. Isn't it, so, isn't it um, funny how that always works? You think yeah. one thing's going to happen, and you think, <laughs> oh, we're stuffed here, and then the other thing happens. You know, oh, the contest is good. We're great there, and then we get belted yeah. there, and the, the area of the ground that's been depleted stands up. So it's, what it's, it's, game, bizarre. It? it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's bloody weird. And that's kind of like the crazy thing as well with this because I said before the the Richmond game that look there's a there's a big chance we we win this game big chance we lose this game and I know people were getting very worried looking at the fixture looking at finals and going if we lose this it's it's season over and I was trying to say okay let's calm down there are so many games to go and you just look at what happened on the weekend any fixture can go anyway you've got St Kilda losing to Essendon you've got you know Port beaten Sydney. Let's exactly. just take it. It's a, it's an annoying trope, but right. one week at a time because yes. no, that's we could true. we could easily come out and you know lose to Adelaide and, and West Coast, but then beat Melbourne, beat Brisbane. Doesn't matter. Let's you just, just figure out every single week, fix little things that we need to be doing because you win enough games, you'll make finals. Don't worry about everything else. Um, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, it's a thing. Like, and I always commit, and I did this years ago as well when I was a. You commit the cardinal sin of looking eight weeks ahead, and it just it's yeah. Just, you don't know what's going to happen, so mm. just let let's let that rest for now, and worry about Saturday afternoon. Hundred percent. So, got a couple of fan questions. We've yep. got one from yeah. uh, David Madden who says, "If you could have yep. one person from our injury list back next week, who would it be?" Mark Pitternett. Yeah. I think it was like before Durden goes down. So, yeah, I, I probably would have said Pitt. It's getting yeah. a little bit worrying now with not having really any key defenders, which may be turning me towards weedering. But yeah. now that, again, we've mentioned this whole pod, how well the defense seems to keep going, we need to win it at the source. Yeah, I'll, I'll back you in with Pitt there. We just need that, our best man back. That's that's my think. That's my frame of mind. It's like, okay, how are we going to win the ball? Mm. At the source, so the back line, because that's where it all starts. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And he's going to be the provider of that. He's no, what is he? Number one Ruckman hit outs to advantage in the yeah. comp. Love to have Unbelievable him turnaround from Pitt. My only issue will be back a little bit sooner than expected. Let's hope there's, so. Let's hope him and in, in there's your scoop for the show. That's good. Thank you. Exclusive <laughs> right here. Well, uh, we'll clip this one out, put it on the socials straight away for that one. Thank Go you. Um, <laughs> and we've also got one from uh, Mickey C, who, speaking of rucks, says, 
on a positive yep. side, was that TDK's best rucking game yet? And I was a bit surprised by that question because I didn't necessarily see that. I think if you look at the hitouts, it probably was a little bit better for us, but I'm still probably wanting a bit more from TDK in the ruck. Is that what's your sort of assessment on, on the ruck situation at the moment? I- I don't think it was his best game. I think his best game was against uh, Sydney when he took all those mm. marks. I think he, I think it's funny. As the game goes on, his marking seems to get better, which is funny. Yeah. His, <laughs> his hit-out work, he evened up against Nank, mm. but is Nank really that type of ruckman who's going to leap over yeah. him and, and get the tap in? Maybe physically he got the better of him, potentially. Mm. Um, but, look, I mean, I thought he's – oh, look, he's. I thought it was going to be an area that we were going to be – Flogged him, yeah. Because at the start of the season, he wasn't really. Mm. I mean, Voss said that we believe he's going to be the number one ruck in time, but he wasn't really being played in that role. Um, but he stepped up when he needed to, yeah. Uh, and look, I mean, he's going to have a tough, tough testing mm. in this weekend. But on the Richmond game, I thought I thought he was okay. Yeah, no pass yeah. mark for me. Pass mark. Yeah. Oh, like I'm not expecting a ridiculous amount from him without, you know, Pitt there to help shoulder yeah. the load. And it's it's a tough role that he's in, but hopefully he's going to be better mm. for it, for playing as pretty much the number one Ruckman for this sort of month and a bit. But, Correct. yeah, it's so hard with that midfield. That I think the hitouts were a bit more even this week. But, mm-hmm. again, I felt that Nank's hitouts were just so good and so perfect yeah. to the Richmond players, whereas when we're winning them, they're not amazing. It's not straight down the throat all the time. And, it's just that hard thing not having your number one ruckman there and just having him and JSOS keep rucking in there. Yeah, I think I think you'll see TDK at his best when Pitternet comes yeah. back in and they're able to split the load. I think a lot of teams do do that now. You see Richmond do it with Bolter mm. and Nank. You see Essendon do it with Phillips and Draper. Um, and you saw, well, Melbourne did it with Gorn and Jackson, but we know Gorn's down. But I think the best mm. teams are able to alternate that position really well. Yeah, look, and probably the last question, I can't remember where I saw this one, but I thought it was a yep. good thing to bring to it. People have been mentioning with the, the lack of defensive power that we now have down mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Soss basically rucking for most of the game and throwing TDK down back. Is that something you, you'd look to do or are you, are you happy with who we've got down there? No, that, that just needs to be left alone. I don't like that tinkering. Look, TDK dropping back in the hole as a ruckman, which we see a lot of rucks do in the competition. Yeah. Gorn does it a lot He's where a they late in the quarter, they drop mm. back into the hole and play that defensive job. Yes, great. Not as a centre half back. Not no, I don't think he's got the mm. I don't think he has the mobility or the, the ground coverage to be able to play that role. Um and Jack mm. Silvani down back, I don't want to be. I love him as an outlet up front. Yeah. His leading patterns, he just hits up at the ball all day and you know, I think he plays that half-forward role exceptionally well. Mm. He's able to suck his defender out and leave the leading lanes up behind for Harry and Charlie to work into. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be touching that that too yeah. much. Yeah, I agree. I think I said the other week, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul yeah. when we just keep Great. doing this. We're throwing, what, Cripper in the ruck to then be the second one again. You saw how much that. that took away from what we were doing in that midfield. You've just got to... Do the next man up mentality because we've seen our strengths elsewhere around the ground. You can't keep taking from that place and making that worse just to make the defense maybe 5% better. It's just not going to work for us. You just got to back in the system, back in the players that we have. Yeah, exactly. It's horses for courses too. If they believe it's going to work against certain Mm. opposition, then great. Like, I'm all for that. I'm all for them tinkering and changing around with it. But I think if what you know works, just just leave it for now. And it's not as it's not dire straits. 
It's not like, oh, yeah. you know, well, we're, we're losing because this is completely stuffed or anything. It's just minor tweaks that we need to make yeah. at the contest and at the source that it just fuels the rest of your game, mm. if that makes sense. So. Yeah, no, it does. And look, I guess now going into the uh, the Fremantle game, we can forget about the Richmond game. Hopefully I'll never yep. have to uh, think about that one ever in my consciousness. And I guess the big thing is just defense. We... <laughs> I reckon I recorded the uh, the podcast last last week, and it was man, how good was Caleb Marchbank? So good to see him back. I reckon I stopped recording maybe five ten minutes later. Marchbank's gone, and it's just it's so hard for him. It's so hard for everything, and then you finally get the last real defender that you have in. You you bring in your Durden, and thought he was fine. I was really happy with his performance. Keen to see how it was going to grow. And then last few minutes of the game, he does his knee. And now we're pretty much down to Brody Kemp, and that's pretty much it. Pretty much Is it, it. as simple for you that he's the one that comes in or are you yeah. trying to fix some other things? No, no, no. I think he comes straight in, to be honest. Um, I, li- I liked his game in the reserves on uh, on mm. Friday night. I thought he was quite strong and, and resolute defensively as well. But look, there are a few moments where, you know, I think there were like two or three times where he just sort of got out out. He got sort of outdone in one-on-one contests, mm. which I mean, it's going to have its wet weather. Yeah, yeah. You slip half a, half an inch and, you know, your, your opponent's got you. But he had some big moments where, mm. you know, you, you thought that his opposition to, uh, forward was going to get him, but then he'd just get a fist in mm. or he'd get a foot in or he'd, he'd just he'd, he'd get a hand in and, and stop the yeah, ball from, yeah. from getting out the back. So um, he did cop a little bit of a knock, but played through it, seemed to be okay. Mm. Um and I thought he, when he came in against the Giants, I thought there were a little few iffy moments early, but he worked into the game mm. nicely. No reason why he can't come in and 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 do a job. Um, mm. I think he comes in, um, and I think that's it. I don't think you overthink it too much, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I thought he built in really well to that game in the VFL. Mm. He sort of maybe struggled a little bit early, but it's so hard when you're coming up against a guy like Josh Bruce. I mean, you're losing kilograms you're losing centimeters <laughs> yeah it's going to be a tough call regardless and yeah some of his efforts late in that game in particular i remember there was yes. that, that one contest where he absolutely just flew and then just kept getting those second sort of third efforts Correct. in it absolutely unreal and that's all you can ask from him that's all we can ask from dirt and so we could have asked from march bank when you come in when the ball's there give everything and at least oh, yeah. even the contest and yeah, yeah. I, I even mentioned to pommy last week when we we're having a bit of a discussion about is it Kemp or Durden to come in? I sort of was going, yeah, maybe I'm not too concerned thinking back because Kemp was all right when he played on Hogan last year. Yeah. He came in, didn't expect him to play that well. He was okay. I, I get a bit nervous thinking about this week if he's playing on Rory Lobb because of the height and or whether it's Tabernard. worries me a little bit, but he's mm. the next in and you've just got to back in that everyone else around him can play their part. We've seen Doherty go back with the flight. We've seen how good Jordan Boyd stepped up. I think you just got to yeah back in everyone and hope that they can lift up enough that it covers you know the the absence of the players that we now have down there. Yeah, exactly. And if you've got shortfalls down defensively like that, well, you know, I mean, Brody Kemp should be saying, well, don't let the fucking ball come in seventy six times. <laughs> don't. I mean, well, as simple as that, isn't it? I mean, as a midfield, yeah. you've got. I mean, the blokes in the back line are only as good as the mm. blokes in front of them as well. They've, if not, been better than the yeah. blokes in front of them over the last few weeks. They, they've had to step up their load because of the, you know, the inept nature with which we're, you know, playing around mm. stoppages, which is which is frustrating. But, um, you know, as I said, I, I mean, Kemp's, I think, 193 centimetres. I think Stephen yeah, May also 193. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, what, I mean it's, you've just got to be smart with how you position mm. your, your body and just, like, you know, if you're coming up against Rory Lobb, don't try to out-body yeah. him or out-muscle him and get someone in front so he doesn't have a mm. preach up and run at the ball and stop stop the supply, stop the hot supply yeah. from, from coming into him. It's as simple as that. Mm. And Marchbank, I'm pretty sure, is 193 as well. So it's a guy that we're very happy with coming in with his height. And then you, you, you almost think Brody Kemp's a little bit smaller because of the way he's been able to play and move. But, yeah, you got to make do with what you've got. And uh, what other changes, I guess, would you be looking to make? Because, what, like, if Jack Martin's fit, are you keeping him? If he's not, are you getting rid of him? No, he's got to be dropped. <laughs> After that performance, he has to be yeah. dropped. Josh Honey has to come in. And Tommy and I love you know, players at the stoppage who are able to oh. run in a straight line and cause havoc. And we saw him do that for his fourth goal against Footscray uh, so on the weekend and a phenomenal finish as well. I was a little bit worried. I go, yeah, I go, this knee injury might have just curtailed mm. his season for this year. And, you know, against Essendon in the VFL last week, he was sort of going the knuckle on mm. blokes and his head wasn't in the game. Um, but he turned it on. Um, and he's, mm. he's at his best when he's ripping out the back and hurting opposition out the back with his foot speed and his finishing abilities. Yeah. It's second to none. We, we saw glimpses of it towards the back half of last year. That St. Kilda game where oh. we come in and, and had a ripper when Harry tore Kenny apart six or whatever it was. But he was great in that game. And I, I reckon he comes straight in. I, I think mm. he brings everything we need in that half forward line that we've been lacking for the last sort of fortnight or so. Um, and as for another change, Look, I know Durden will obviously come out for Kemp, I would think. Yep. And then the other change I would make, I, I would not be too perturbed if they were to bring in either Will Hayes or Setterfield yep. for Corey Durden. Now, okay. hear me out with this. I'd, I'd go and pluck Fisher out of the midfield, put him back in that forward line, and then I would say to Setterfield and Hayes, you go play the role that Fisher was mm. playing on the ball this week, and I want, I want to see Will Hayes get a gig, but I think it's yeah. him and Setterfield. They'll be fighting out for that final spot if, if they do go that way. Mm. I thought Setterfield was phenomenal against yeah. the Western Bulldogs. His defensive work was was brilliant um, on the weekend. Um, or, could, or it could be Will Hayes. who's a, He's a running yeah. machine, and he's been phenomenal in the VFL as well. So, Max, I would say three changes. Yeah. Max. No, I, I agree with you. I pretty much had the exact same thing here because – um, yeah, I mean, Honey, I absolutely love the man. Long-time listeners yeah. of the pod will know how much I love Josh Honey. And he's, he's one of those guys as well that it's it's been tough, I think, for him with our VFL forward line over the past few years because there hasn't been a good crop of players around yeah. him that I yeah. that really bring the best out of it out of him. And you've seen when he when he jumps to that AFL level just how reliable he is. He kicks yeah. his one to two every single week, which for a guy of his experience is almost ridiculous when you think about it. And, yeah, at this stage, Martin's out. He needs to get some durability firstly and then just reinvent himself and do something in the twos. He needs some form to warrant it because other guys are stepping up now. And, yeah, I'm very excited to see what Josh Honey can do because he had 13 disposals, four goals against the Dogs. He needed to step up after a couple of sort of lean performances like you mentioned, and he did. And then the other ones, yeah, do we bring in that extra mid because Chera probably won't make up for the game. And, yeah, Setterfield having 35 and a goal was really good the week before as well. So he's put in a few good performances. I reckon that's why, as you mentioned, he might just get the nod over Hayes because, I mean, Hayes has 29 and a goal. But I thought the week before he maybe dropped off a little bit from from where he was at before he missed a couple of weeks. So, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if either of those get a gig. The the Corey Durden out is is interesting, but at least you're – 
you're, you're bringing in Honey, who I think will offer a lot yeah. more pressure than you've got out of Martin. And, yeah, I think you, you probably just need that one extra versatile player in the midfield. I think so, you know. And, and Honey can play stoppages up forward 50, mm. you know, as well. And, and we saw on the weekend, as I said, that, that goal that he kicked, his, yeah. his fourth goal was was from a stoppage, which is, you know, that's, 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 he brings spark, which is what we've been lacking yeah. in that, at that half forward area for, for the last couple of weeks. So I'd, I'd love to see mm. him play. Absolutely. I, th- I yeah. think he will play. I think he will play based off what he's done. He's mm. given himself a nice block of a month to get back into form, get his body right. And now we can, he can hit mm. the ground running into the AFL team with some momentum. Yeah. And it's no knock on dirt and to, to go back no, after no, a no. couple of weeks to drop no. off. Go no. back, get that form back up, and then you'll you'll be straight back in because we know exactly what he can yep. bring. But we're we're now ruthless for once, where we've got yep. players knocking on the door. And if you're not at a hundred percent after a couple of games, like you saw with a, a Jack Carroll who came in, did some good things, dropped off a bit. Next one comes in, and you you get back your form. So it's Absolutely. it is an exciting time where at least probably apart from the defense, we do have some players that are starting to get that their confidence back in the in the VFL. Yeah, exactly right. And the VFL program has been much better. You can see at the start of the year that they're playing the the, the AFL plan. And and it's also, and we've seen now with Hayes coming in, it's a pathway into the yeah. AFL team too. So there's a real connectedness between both levels, mm. which has seen the team amp up into the yeah. top eight, which we haven't seen our VFL team play finals for mm, for a while, ages. which has been disappointing. But I think, I think we're going to be able to see that this year. And I like, you know, Daniel O'Keefe's, given a lot of onus to the players and they've all taken a lot of responsibility. They were disappointing against Essendon um, a fortnight ago, mm. but they've, they bounced back really strongly. And the one thing I will say is it was as wet as anything on that Friday night and they learnt from the yeah. AFL boys the night before. Very kick-centric game, game territory as much as you can. And that, that was good to see. I know, I know yeah. it's something so simple and so silly, but when you go back and look at it, you think, well, mate, they've played the percentage and they've, they've won. Yeah. Played the conditions well, it, right and they won. It's simple, but that's probably why we lost that game against Richmond. Correct. It was just the simple things of gaining territory and not yep. overusing the football when you didn't have to. Um, is there any, well, I guess, key things that you're thinking going into this Frio game, maybe apart from that midfield yeah. battle that can be a key to victory? Uh, I, I would not stray away from how we've been winning our games. So ball retention, handball heavy, um, those short, sharp, direct kicks that we use to try mm. to get through opposition press, which is going to be yeah. – because I'm a punter and I do all my horse <laughs> racing analysis and all that, my my whole synopsis with everything is you need conditions to suit. Now, when I say conditions, I don't just mean the weather. Yeah. I mean the opposition you're coming up against, the stadium you're playing at, slick deck, drier conditions as well. We're going to be much better set up, I think, mm. this weekend than we were last week. Um, and you look back at the game against Fremantle earlier in the year, it was a little bit of mail that they did have a very interrupted preparation mm. for that game. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have Jack Silvani that game. We didn't have Matt Kennedy that game. Harry went down with the knee. Pitternett went down with the Pitternet knee. So down. I think we're going to be much yeah. better prepared come round this time. Mm. And I'll tell you what, mate, Freo did not look too crash hot against Hawthorne, and that Richmond yeah. form line is very hot, mate. Mm. Um, so... I have I have declared us this week. I think we're I think we're unbeatable on Saturday, to be honest. 
Mm, and I'm interested to see how we react as well. We, we they will. maybe apart from the they Essendon will. game, we've reacted so well to the couple of losses we've had this year. And now that there's been a little bit of drop off in that midfield, they're surely going to be raring to go. And I know Vossi with his spray the other week, he'll be letting them know where the standards lie. And I think that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. And little things you're mentioning is, can we? How much have we learnt from the last time we played Frio? Because I was lucky, or maybe unlucky, to be at that game. I was behind the goal, so I had a nice little vision to see how we're setting up and how we we're playing. But the the lack of ambition from our defenders yes. to do anything. Said it perfectly. It was, let's just let's just kick to the short kick Thank into you. the back pocket, and then long down the line, and that's just all we did right. for the whole game. And but we've seen at our best, like you said. When we take the game on, when we sprint yep. through the through the field, when yep. we hold the ball and just wait, just be patient. Just keep switching yep. until you've finally got the play. If we can do that and not be as stifled as we were last time, we're a massive, massive chance. And you yep. see, we didn't play well this week. We almost stole it because we have the players and I expect exactly. a better performance and why can't we win it? No, nah, I'm very I, – I said last week, regardless of what happens on Thursday, I look towards this Frio game. And I thought, man, this one just sets up a little bit better for yeah. us than than it does on the weekend. And uh, I, I've got a funny feeling that it's almost a case of I think the midfield will lift because you know you have to lift because mm. you look at the opposition yeah. that they have and you know you've got to be at another level. You've got to yep. be smarter. You've got to be you've got to be hungrier. You know, and and they're such simple things, but. You know, you're coming up against the wrong Brayshaw, Fife, Mundy, those type of blokes. You look at it on paper and you go, mm. oh, shit, yeah. I yeah. kind of need to. I, I need to put in a shift this week. And I'll be getting probably most of the first looks with Darcy in the ruck as well. It's going to be a hard one for our rucks to to curtail. So we're going to have to be switched on because if we do lose the hit out, we've got to be prepared for that. I'd I'd be. I know it might be an old school mentality, but I'd be targeting <laughs> Sean Darcy after what he did to Pitt last week. Whether or not he did it on purpose, I don't know. But I know he had eyes straight for Pitt yeah. and got the knee right in. I'd be targeting him straight away and getting stuck into him. To be honest. Right. It's a don't, good don't way to do what it. what happened last week. I mean, you you got to get one yeah. back on them, boys, and what better way to do it in front of your home fans? Big crowd, Saturday afternoon, no excuse. Exactly. And we've been Marvel has been our our stadium this Fortress. season, so I can't, I cannot wait to see us play there. I've got beautiful seats directly in the middle on the wing, level two, so I'm very excited to be uh, sitting in those again instead of copping the yes. level four at the MCG for these away games we've been copping. It, it's not yeah, fun. we have we've copped a few, haven't we? But no, no, they've turned out. We've turned out in droves this season. So if if, mm. if that can't motivate them, what can, to be honest? So um, And they, they need to get one back for, for the captain too, for Big Cripper. Yes. Um, I thought they disappointed him on Thursday mm. night, which is, uh, which you know, it's, I mean, we saw post-game how much the club means to him mm. and how much it all means to him. So get one back for the big fellow. And a big shout-out, Nick Newman plays his 50th game for the club this weekend, I believe. I, I think I saw that stack going oh, around. Nice. And Jack Nunes plays his 200th. Oh, mate, that is massive. Get up for Two guys and Newman, mate. Get up. Exactly. Get up him, Someone asked her, if you didn't do it for Cripper, you've got to back it up this week. You've got two of them doing it. No, that's exciting. Yeah? You know how we said football's a funny game? They would have loved to have chaired off Cripper and probably would have deserved to have been chaired off last week off a win. What's the bet that they chair, they're they chairing off Nunes and Newman after oh, a win? That's just, that's just, uh, it's the way it goes. <laughs> you can see it, can't you? You can just see it. So, look, kudos to them. Um, they've both stepped up this year, and I think Newman's mm. been great for us this year. So, yeah. Get down to Marvel Stadium. Uh, I'll be there, mate. All 37. Uh, level one, mate. Center wing, mate. 
be there yeah, having sure. a couple of proffies on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, celebrating a Blues win. I'm, I'm very, very confident this week. Very confident. Yeah. No, we love, we absolutely love that positivity here. So it will be absolutely. that sort of the, the absolutely perfect way to end this one. Look, Paul, thanks so much for joining me. Um, it, if you want to get more from this man here, you got to catch him over at the Blue Abroad YouTube channel every right. Tuesday night on the Jumper Punch. Follow him over on Twitter at PaulSeb05. Is there anything else you want me to plug for you? Uh, well, JP, tomorrow night, we've got a big, uh, well, we had two big guests. We've got uh, one of my very close mates, Michael Maloney, has joined us on the couch. Uh, he's going Beautiful. to make a, a guest appearance. And we interviewed uh, Michael Jamison for our oh, number 40 episode. So Big Jammer is doing great things at the AFLPA. He's got a little bit of work to do this week with the uh, storylines that have uh, kerfuffled and curtailed their way into the news. So uh, he's got his work cut out for him this week, but a, a fantastic chat with Jammer. So uh, keep oh. an eye out for that tomorrow night. Very keen to be uh, keep my eye out and watching that one. So, yes, go over, see him on Blue Abroad, Blue Abroad um, to the Jumper Punch and then also subscribe to the Jumper Punch. You've got your own Great. YouTube now where you can watch all these amazing interviews that you guys have been able to get with former Carlton players. It, if you want an insight into the legends of this football club. That's the only place you can go and get it. And it, I've just got to commend you on a terrific job you've been able Thank to you. do. Appreciate it, mate. And you and Lockie have been doing a, a fantastic job as well this year. Keep it up. Keep those consistent podcasts coming out. And the more of us, the better it is and the better the standard of the club on field and off the field. I think we we all do a fantastic job. I think Carlton content from a fan mm. perspective is it's, it's number one in the AFL yeah. really. So just keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure and invite me on more often, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm free when I need to be. <laughs> oh, definitely, mate. We'll definitely be making this a habit, especially once we get Lockie back in. It'll be a beautiful one. So, yeah, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week after a beautiful win against Frio. Correct. See you guys next time. Guru, go Blues. Go Blues.